Okay, welcome back to another Alignment Discussion podcast broadcast of Conscious Creators. I'm your host, uh, Asher Gray, and I'll be sitting with you today for the next 50 minutes. Um, a little bit about the way of the Conscious Creators. A Conscious Creator's purpose is to help fulfill fundamental human needs and guide others who have a desire and a willingness to do the same. These needs are security connection, community, intimacy, communication, creative expression, sensation, progression, and reflection. Our process is outlined in the following set of measures. Number one, we recognize habit patterns that undermine our purpose. Number two, we gain awareness of those habit patterns. Number three, we acknowledge the effects of supporting those self-defeating habit patterns. Number four, we begin to cultivate a curious and receptive mind. Number five, we accept the possibility of new life-affirming experiences. Number six, we bring our perspective into alignment with our purpose. Number seven, we commit to acting upon the insights of a conscious and creative mind. Number eight, we create space by releasing what no longer serves us. And number nine, we consciously create new life-affirming experiences. The way of the conscious creator is a spiritual practice. After achieving physical sobriety, many in recovery find that their established habit patterns diminish the quality of their recovery and increases their chances of relapse. In order to sustain conscious contact with a greater power than self, recovering addicts need to become responsible for the mental effects of their undermining habit patterns. We practice meditative mantras to help the trauma-affected mind become open to new, life-affirming possibilities. Our spiritual practice mitigates the effects of self-defeating habit patterns, much like chemotherapy can shrink tumors or medication can make a virus undetectable. This creates the mental space to reconnect with a greater power and perspective over time. This helps many to overcome their intellectual resistance through a direct, personal experience. Conscious Creators meets regularly in order to cultivate a community that's based upon mutual fulfillment of fundamental needs. We come together in a sincere and intentional space with a singleness of purpose that might otherwise be unavailable. Our anonymous alignment discussions are uploaded to our podcast so that others may benefit as well. Our alignment discussion podcast is available at anchor.fm forward slash conscious creators. We uh, meet every Thursday in person at 11 a.m. at Pathfinders Club, which is located at 3367 Glendale Boulevard in Los Angeles, California. Conscious Creators is written by the Creative Collective Alliance. For more information about that, visit ConsciousCreators.LA or email us directly at AddressingTheCause at gmail.com. A-D-D-R-E-S-S-I-N-G 
the cause, all one word, at gmail.com. All right, excellent. So we got that out of the way. A little bit about our alignment discussion podcast. We have a very unique format. We have two uh, different sections at the in-person meeting. So we have the active participation table. This table is for those who are electing to actively participate in today's alignment discussion. There are usually between two and four active participants per meeting. Active participants are encouraged to ask questions, to share their unique perspective on the topic, and to be open to answering questions from other participants. Those not seated at the active participation table are invited to take on more of an active listening role. Please refrain from commenting or disrupting the discussion. At 11.45, we will open up the discussion and invite the active listeners to share their unique perspective on the topic of discussion at that time. The purpose of our alignment discussions is to engage in authentic dialogue to expand upon the conscious creator's process and make it more relatable and helpful for others that it may serve. Our discussions are uploaded onto the Conscious Creators podcast, and portions of our anonymous broadcast may be included in the final editions of in, in the final edition of the Conscious Creators Handbook. All right, so Today we're on part two of the unhealthy attachment. Um, So what we're doing is we're going through and kind of recognizing um, common self-defeating habit patterns that plague people in recovery, in and out of recovery. And the habit pattern that we chose last week was the propensity to create insecure and unhealthy attachments. And we did a reading around that. I could share it with you again right now to get people current that might have missed the first uh, episode. I'm not going to go into an in-depth breakdown of this reading, but I will read this for you in order to help make it current for you as we move forward. Our relationship to people, places, and things becomes unhealthy when something essential is lacking. All of us have fundamental needs. When our needs are neglected, we cannot be complete. As children, we were, of course, unaware of this. A child doesn't say, my life is missing love, intimacy, and creative expression. Instead, they say, there's something wrong here. Either something is wrong with the world, or there is something wrong with me. Those who decide that there must be something wrong with the world end up taking extreme measures to protect ourselves. We become driven by this decision. Driven so hard, in fact, that our efforts to climb up the social hierarchy quite often cost us our heart and soul. Those of us who decide that there is something wrong with ourselves rather than the world seem unable to make our way through life. We spend much of our time creating scenarios in order to be saved. We turn everything into someone else's fault. Some of us go to great lengths to hide the effects of past trauma and others go to great lengths to personify it. In either, in either case, these decisions alter our perspective on life. Our perspective becomes corrupted by our need for control. This undermines our purpose and welfare. When we allow our childhood decisions to define us or the world, we live inauthentic lives that are disconnected from spiritual love and truth. 
The root cause of our propensity to create insecure and unhealthy attached relationships or attachments is an unseen attachment to hidden narrative and beliefs. For example, when we believe that we are unworthy, we will go to great lengths to prove that our belief is true. This is where the many forms of self-sabotage might come into play. We often reject opportunities that go against the grain of our core beliefs. Our opportunities, the opportunities we reject are often the ones that reflect our most cherished desire for love, intimacy, and creative expression. While we want these things due to past trauma and neglect and our response to those previous uh, experiences, we are unable to receive them. Instead, we insanely protect ourselves from them as if they were some sort of dangerous threat. These bewildering cycles of self-induced suffering cause us to experience feelings such as blame, shame, and regret, feelings that compel us to find some sort of an escape. In order to overcome this habit pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments, we need to acknowledge this habit pattern as being self-defeating, as somehow undermining our purpose and ability or worthiness. Next, we must begin to accept that we are able to cultivate secure and healthy connections. And finally, we must learn to practice mantras that support us as we learn to sustain healthy connections with others and a higher power. So last week, we uh, gained awareness of this self-defeating habit pattern by working through a habit pattern inventory together. I'm not going to rehash that with you, but I do invite you to go and listen to the first broadcast, and you can begin to see how these habit patterns very much dictate our choice in partners, our choice in decisions, and also the value hierarchy that we tend to uh, um, support through these decisions and our actions. So the habit pattern inventory is designed to show us that, number one, when we act in ways, when we, when we indulge in a habit pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments, our perspective shifts. And when our perspective shifts, our lives begin to look and feel a different way. The people who we're interacting with become different. They start to look like threats or we start to feel ourselves as liabilities. We're triggered into a mind state that makes us kind of uh, imprisons us in a fear and control consciousness, if you will. And when we are living life through the lens of that perspective, we are actively validating core beliefs. And when we are actively validating core beliefs, self-defeating beliefs, we are actively invalidating our fundamental needs. So when I am seeking to validate a belief that I am unworthy by unconsciously choosing people in my life that neglect me or don't show up for me when I need them and only need for me to take care of them, when I, un when I am unconsciously creating those kind of dynamics with the people in my life, I'm actively validating a belief that I am unworthy or incapable. And when I'm actively doing that, I'm also neglecting fundamental needs, those same needs that I spoke about in the beginning of the podcast. 
So I cannot nurture my need for connection while I'm actively creating an insecure attachment. So what we're encouraging people to do here is to first make the distinction between an unhealthy attachment and a healthy connection. So in Conscious Creators, in the language we're bringing forth here, I would invite all of you just to kind of check all of your previous training and all of your previous uh, biases and your understanding of language aside and just hear what I'm saying today. When we say attachment, the opposite of connection is attachment. So attachments are not life-affirming. They do not invoke a sense of optimism or joy and wholeness about life. Attachments are things that we do and we engage in. They're ritualistic uh, ways for us to control and manage our emotional state and to dissociate from the experience that we're having, dissociate from our shared reality and to dissociate from whatever experience is being uh, presented in the present moment. So when I am attached to an addictive mechanism, when I have an insecure and unhealthy attachment to drugs and alcohol, it limits my ability to have a healthy and secure connection to a higher power and a healthy and secure connection to other people in my life that are willing to reciprocate and to receive and give love with me. When I have an unhealthy and insecure attachment to a belief system or a narrative that tells me I'm no good or that the world is dangerous, that keeps me in a fear vibration and it limits my capacity to connect to spiritual love and truth and to vibrate at that frequency and open myself up to the possibilities that exist when I have a consistent conscious connection to spiritual love and truth. Well, the spiritual love and truth is embodied within the consciousness of our being. That's our fundamental essence. We're very much built from love and truth. So our basic personality, the personality upon which that we would call the authentic higher self, the authentic higher self that has a direct connection, is an extension of that consciousness of being within, that authentic higher self, the personality that it takes on can only be worsened as it interacts with this reality of unconscious trauma avatars. And so what Conscious Creators is doing is helping people to surrender their attachment to all these patterns of behavior that's keeping them imprisoned in their trauma avatar and keeping them locked in this collective consciousness of being in fear and being obsessed with control. Because as we speak about with every podcast, when a person is in fear, they are obsessed with control. A person in fear needs control. And oftentimes what that looks like is that they need for others to control them. But sometimes a person in fear needs to control everything else around them. But either way, fear and control is a consciousness. There is a collective, there is a consciousness that we have when we are in fear and needing control. And there is a collective consciousness of fear and control that we are knowingly or unknowingly participating in when we are vibrating in a fear and control consciousness singularly. And what Conscious Creators is doing is helping us to dissolve our attachment to these patterns that keep us in the fear and control consciousness 
and help us to reconnect to that spiritual love and truth, the consciousness of spiritual love and truth that's emanating from the consciousness of being within. That is our fundamental essence. That is what we are. We are love and truth. But of course, we forget that or we deny that or we're so immersed in all these habit patterns that we've created and we're so immersed in the fear and control consciousness. We're so identified with the trauma avatar that it's impossible for us to maintain a connection to that spiritual love and truth within us. So we must take an active role as conscious conscious creators. And first, we must recognize the habit patterns that are undermining our ability to stay connected to spiritual love and truth. Next, we must actively create possibilities. We must introduce our mind to new possibilities. And in, in, in respect to this particular habit pattern that we're now um, – discussing so a habit pattern that is or a human being living in their trauma avatar who is attached to a, a ingrained pattern of insecure and unhealthy attachments to people places and things drugs and alcohol and codependent relationships and maybe i don't know government institutions that are sustaining a belief in their victimhood for example if a person believes that they cannot make it on their own, that they are a victim, that they are incapable, then they're going to have an insecure and unhealthy attachments to the Social Security Department or the DPSS office or the people that are willing to give them money on the side of the road as they stand there holding their papers, their cardboard sign. So this manifests in many different ways. But the point is, is to recognize that we all – create insecure and unhealthy attachments. Our attachment to the collective consciousness of fear and control is insecure and unhealthy by definition. So the only way to detach from this collective consciousness of fear and control and consciously choose to bring ourselves, to bring our perspective, to bring our own attitude and outlook into alignment with spiritual love and truth is first by recognizing the futility of continuing to vibrate in the fear and control trauma avatar and seeing the futility and expecting a collective consciousness of love and truth to somehow change its stripes, to change its colors, to change its inherent nature and become somehow loving and authentic. That's not what that is. And the collective consciousness of love and truth will never be that. So that's an unrealistic expectation that we have that by shaking our fists at, say, for example, government institutions or banking systems or whatever the established hierarchy is on the planet at this point and expecting that hierarchy to do anything other than manipulate world events to keep us in even greater fear and even easily controlled that's an unrealistic expectation that should be surrendered right now the collective consciousness of fear and control is what it is and the our own consciousness of fear and control when we're trapped in that trauma avatar is what it is we don't have access to wisdom courage 
intelligence, and creative potential in order to create anything outside of those established, ingrained, automatic patterns that we're enslaved in. And so looking at the looking at the insecure uh, our propensity to indulge in creating insecure and unhealthy attachments we must introduce our mind to a new possibility and that's the and when we first consider this new possibility we're entering into the second triad in the conscious creator's process the first triad of awareness asks us to first recognize the self-defeating habit pattern, then gain awareness of the self-defeating habit pattern, which is done through the habit pattern inventory. And then finally, we're going to verbally acknowledge the effects of supporting and living in this pattern with someone else. So we're going to verbally acknowledge it to the collective consciousness of love and truth, which includes God consciousness, which includes the consciousness of being and also our authentic self. We're going to acknowledge what kind of effects we've been living in enslaved to this pattern. And then once we have recognized, gained awareness and acknowledged this pattern as being insufficient, as being inadequate, as being self-defeating, as being something that is undermining our purpose as conscious creators, we can start to move into possibility. And so what that looks like specifically is that we are going to basically be considering something outside of that. So what is something else is possible for us to create besides being locked into this, this survival pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments? And so we move into, you know, our fourth, the fourth, uh, the fourth step here is we're going to basically begin to cultivate a curious and receptive mind. So before we can desire something new, we have to first become curious as to what kind of possibilities exist for us. And this is really, really important, especially for people who are moving into middle aged and their later years, because oftentimes their mind has become rather cynical. It's become rather fixed in their ideas. They're becoming rather convinced through auto-suggestion, through re-suggesting these, these specific ideas and these specific beliefs and their narrative about life and their confirmation bias. They are actively reinforcing their trauma avatar to such an extent that it's it becomes increasingly harder for a spiritual being that's imprisoned by their trauma avatar to emancipate itself from that trauma avatar, from those self-defeating beliefs, from those survival patterns, from that narrative. But it's possible, but we need to accept that something's possible first. And the way that we do that is first becoming curious as to what else might be possible for us. So we go to the list and it says, all right, so, you know, overriding a pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments asks us to accept a possibility uh, that we can cultivate secure and healthy connections, both to our higher power and to one another. So I can trade in this insecure and unhealthy attachment pattern for a pattern of creating, cultivating, and sustaining secure and healthy connection. 
Okay, so that's the possibility. So that's we're becoming po- like we are cultivating a curious and receptive mind. We're curious as to what else is possible beyond this pattern, and we're saying, "Oh, here it is." Okay, cool. I can start to cultivate and sustain secure and healthy bonds. And that's all that's really asked for us in the four, in the in the fourth measure. And um, let me see here. And then we're going to move right into the next thing. We begin to accept, we accept the possibility of new life-affirming experiences. Well, what does that mean exactly? Well, it is impossible to maintain a loving attitude and outlook if we remain invested in an identity that's built upon fear. We usually allow previous experiences to define us. Sometimes it's the experience itself, while other times it's our reaction to the experience that begins to define us. By indulging in self-defeating habit patterns, we continue to support hasty, ill-informed decisions we often made as fearful, overwhelmed children. Indulging in our old patterns reaffirms an identity. It reaffirms a trauma avatar that no longer serves us. These patterns keep our mind in instinct mode, focused on potential threats rather than possibilities and opportunities for growth and expansion. This mindset, this attitude and outlook, this perspective limits our ability to recognize and create new possibilities. And so, okay, let's take a concrete look here uh, at an example. If someone believes they are ugly, they have accepted this idea as a fact of their identity. Not only are they ugly, but they know, the, they know without a shadow of a doubt that they are ugly. This is who they are. This is internalized to such an extent that their instincts for survival are primed to protect them from any potential threat. What the hell does that mean? Well, that means that if someone were to come by and tell this individual that they were beautiful, their instincts would interpret this compliment as a threat. This is where deflection, dissociation, and projection come into play. In this case, their instincts would protect them from the potential threat to their self-defined identity of being ugly. By doing so, they miss out on opportunities for intimacy and connection because they're actively supporting this belief that they're ugly. All right. So we repattern previous experiences when we protect our identity in this sort of way. Indulging in self-defeating habit patterns cause us to neglect our fundamental needs. So one of our fundamental needs is connect. Well, let's just name three that are directly related to this particular habit pattern. Um, we could go with connection, security, intimacy, um, progression, communicate. All of the all of the needs are connected to this. So when we are um, when we indulge in a self defeating habit pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments, we neglect our need for intimacy, for connection, for security, for progression, for communication. All of these needs remain neglected, and when they are neglected, we are incomplete internally. We are fragmented, and we, are, we have a, a void within us that cannot be filled by anything external. And only we have the power to take ourselves by the hand and start to nurture these needs. Okay. So as long as we invest time 
energy and resources into merely surviving, we will not thrive. Okay, so we should always remember that our habit patterns are not fate, nor are they some form of punishment. There is a practical explanation for these rituals of self-induced suffering. In reality, these patterns merely reflect our self-defeating beliefs. They are sustained by the impressions stored within our unconscious mind. These unconscious impressions are expressed through our words and actions. These impressions within our unconscious mind cannot be changed. In fact, any attempt to change or resist them keeps them alive and active. As an example of how this works, we cannot change hate by resisting hate. When we resist hate, we are keeping it alive and relevant. Hate will always be hate. The question is, will hate possess our heart? Surrendering the need to change or control hate will cause it to lose its influence over us. Only by turning the other cheek, so to speak, and focusing instead upon embracing love, can love begin to replace hate. And we could also tie that exact same example into the consciousness of fear and control by saying, we cannot change the consciousness of fear and control by resisting it. When we resist the consciousness of fear and control, we keep it alive and relevant. And we do this by, you know, shaking our fists at the banking system and shaking our fist at the political system. We're shaking our fist at other ideologies and institutions that do not have a consistent connection to spiritual love and truth. They are not alive in the newness and unfoldment of the human organism. Those institutions are hijacked and they have been um, kidnapped by trauma avatars that have access to power and resources because the rest of us are also in our trauma trauma avatar and we're asleep right now. Okay. So the question is, will the consciousness of fear and control possess our heart? Surrendering the need to change the consciousness of fear and control will cause it to lose its influence over us. Only by turning the other cheek and focusing instead upon the collective consciousness of spiritual love and truth can spiritual love and truth begin to take the place of the consciousness of fear and control. So, Only by focusing upon this new possibility of cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy connections can that old established pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments begin to lose its power, okay? So rather than trying to avoid change or cope with this unwanted condition or this unwanted habit pattern, we can train and discipline our minds to concentrate upon healthy desires instead. This now becomes our focus. So we must intervene upon those habit patterns that would undermine our efforts to nurture our fundamental needs. We cannot fulfill our need for connection and intimacy if we continue to indulge in patterns of attachment, uh, insecure attachment such as addiction or isolation. Okay? Rather than resist these unwanted conditions, we redirect our focus upon creating patterns that yield wholeness and joy, that elevate our vibration above that of the trauma avatar, 
And by doing so, we liberate ourselves from the consciousness of fear and control. Only we can do this. There's no pill that can do it. There's no spirit. They're, they're, only through a direct spiritual experience, only by elevating our vibration above that of the trauma avatar, elevating our vibration above fear and control consciousness, will we be able to experience spiritual love and truth but only we can raise our own vibration there's not a pill that can do it there's no, no, no partner is going to be able to do it it's something that we need to do ourselves and only then do we become true authentic individuals sovereign individuals in the eye of God that people talk about right now right now there's a bunch of trauma avatars who are like you know claiming to be sovereign independent uh, ent entities and a lot of them are just in their trauma avatar they're unintegrated human beings they don't have access to what they are who they are has completely hijacked their creative will and they're living in that trauma avatar and they're living in that vibration which keeps them completely disconnected or removed from that spiritual love and truth which is their fundamental essence all right so um, our old habit patterns must be brought into a dormant state before we can consciously create new life-affirming experiences. So abstinence is the only way for this to happen. We abstain through redirecting our creative focus. So for example, if you desire healthy and secure connections, you will need to abstain from unhealthy and insecure attachments. This applies to any addictive mechanism, substance, or person alike. Once those addictive patterns are brought into dormancy, we then have the room to nurture our desire for connection. Abstinence creates the space for fulfillment to occur. Each of us must take the initiative in order to bring our possibilities into fruition. Okay? I'm going to skip over this story and I'm just going to bring bring it home. So there's a bunch of things that we do in building new habit patterns. But the, the gist of this particular, um, the fifth measure, which specifically says that we are going to begin to accept the possibility of new life-affirming experiences. We're basically introducing the idea, the possibility of cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy bonds to a mind that is hardwired and programmed to cultivate insecure and unhealthy attachments and so remember that example that we used about um about um let me see here hold on a second I guess I could just say it. So remember the example I used about the person who fundamentally has accepted a belief that they're ugly if we walk by and we told that person you know what you're beautiful their instinct mind would protect them from that possibility. But if we were to frame that possibility in a different sort of way and say, hey, look, uh, that if that person were to say, I accept the possibility of being beautiful, that when we frame the possibility in the form, the suggestion in the form of a possibility, it keeps the instinct mind from activating and it allows those suggestions, those new thought impressions to move past the instinct mind, to sneak past the trauma avatar that's always on guard and protecting its investment, which is our unconscious mind, because that's the part that it's hijacked. And that's the part that it has littered with all these fear driven thought impressions. When 
we form the possibility, when we form the suggestion in the form of a possibility by saying, I accept the possibility of being beautiful. I accept that being beautiful is possible for me. When we say it in that sort of a way, it actively and disengages the instinct mind and it keeps the trauma to avatar in a neutral state and it allows those thought impressions to enter in and touch into aggregate within the unconscious mind and the more of those suggestions those thought impressions that begin to populate the unconscious mind the more that unconscious mind changes its magnetic charge the more that that unconscious mind elevates its vibration out of fear and the need for control and into love and truth so um so let me see the past these we we call these possibility mantras so we suggest you do the possibility mantras upon awakening up or right before bedtime. The unconscious is more receptive upon awakening, while the nighttime mantras will, will work while the instinct mind is powered down. We recommend that your possibility mantra cycle be a minimum of 40 days. You can do it for up to 90 days, but commit to 40 days as a minimum. Please use your list of new possibilities from the, from the, last, the preceding measure to formulate your mantras. So right now, your established habit pattern is very much who you are. Our possibility mantras will help you dislodge your identity out from under the protection of your instinct mind. It will dislodge your identity from that trauma avatar, that persona, or that character of unconsciousness so we can basically reintegrate all of that and, and, and have that all be absorbed into a larger creative power, which is the essence within, which is that consciousness of being within. That's that spiritual love and truth that can kind of dissolve all of that and integrate it and re reconfigure all those translucent atoms in a way that we have a new consciously aligned character a character that's capable and willing and desires to create beyond those established habit patterns that the instinct mind had us enslaved to. All right. Upon completing um, this mantra cycle, you will be able to step back and take an objective look at these habit patterns. So the, 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 the interesting thing about this is is as we elevate our vibration and we, as we begin to consistently concentrate upon this desired possibility, the other habit patterns, they start to go into a state of atrophy. They start to go into a state of, um, you know, like when you don't use a muscle, yes, we're neglecting those habit patterns. And so they're getting smaller and smaller and smaller to the point that they're basically undetectable. They're still there. The, they never go away completely, but they're now being inundated with spiritual love and truth. They're being inundated with thought impressions of a new nature, of a new vibration that's bringing the vibration of us as a whole, complete human being above that of the trauma avatar. Okay, so um, I'm going to walk you through. I'm going to walk you through this one. Actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share a little bit of my personal experience um, being enslaved to these habit patterns. And uh, I have a couple of observations based upon my experiences practicing these mantras. 
First off, I elected to create and practice a mantra for each of the 21 patterns of the listed. So we have identified 21 uh, survival patterns or self-defeating habit patterns that tend to keep us in a fear and control consciousness and tend to keep us locked in our trauma avatar. And so there's different ways to go about it. You can choose a minimum of three of those to start challenging and creating beyond or you can just take all 21 of them and do a specific amount every day and what i elected to do was start doing all 21 possibility and then um, uh, alignment mantras and i would go sometimes i would do 10 a day sometimes i would do seven a day sometimes in the beginning i did 21 a day twice a day but, you know, the point is, is that I did a minimum of a certain amount, a minimum of three every day for a long, 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 long time. So, and what started to happen was, is as those thought impressions began to aggregate in my unconscious mind, that you, as they began to collect and change the vibration of my unconscious, my unconscious began to accept those possibilities and once that happened once my unconscious began to accept the 21 possibilities that are the polar opposite of the survival patterns the self-defeating patterns i was then be able to liberate myself from the trauma avatar for periods of time and when you are vibrating above your trauma avatar you can maintain a perspective that's able to view that trauma avatar. And it was very weird because when I first started seeing my trauma avatar as a part of me rather than who I was or what I was, it was kind of disorienting. It was a little bit shocking. I could see very much that I was like a two-bit actor in my own little play and that this, this trauma avatar, this persona that I'd been carrying around that was attached to all of these uh, – core beliefs and this narrative about the world being a certain way and me being a victim and woes me and all that kind of stuff. It just was inauthentic. There's no judgment that needs to be about it. It just was inauthentic. It wasn't in alignment with my fundamental essence. It wasn't in alignment with my higher authentic self. In fact, it was directly inhibiting me from expressing love and truth through a higher, my higher self, through my authentic higher self. So, all right, so I'll, let me see here. So I was incredibly motivated to engage in this part of the process. Despite my motivation, I still found it challenging to consistently practice all 21 mantras every day. I elected to do an initial 60-day cycle. I encourage you not to challenge yourself in this way unless you're, it's in your heart, not your ego, to do so. And what I mean by that is that to commit to what you can sustain. Me entering into fatherhood, I reflected deeply. I did the best I could to get out of my own trauma avatar and out of fear and objectively take a look at the situation that was being presented to me. I could recognize in moments that me becoming a father was an opportunity for growth and expansion. But the only way I was going to be completely um, empowered by this experience was to also recognize my limitations that I was entering into fatherhood with. And so I recognized that the most I would be able to do would be to commit to being a part-time, full-time parent. So for the first four or five years, I took care of my daughters from sunup to sundown for three and a half days a week. 
And the other half of that week, I was spent a lot of it was in bed sleeping because it's so energetically inefficient to create new thought patterns and new habit patterns that go against the grain of those established patterns that I had created through years and years of isolation and addiction. So when I say Please search your heart and commit to a practice that you can maintain. You have to do at least three of these a day for, for a long time. You can do all 21 of them, but you, what, what's something you can commit to? Knowing yourself and knowing your limitations. Another example that I could draw upon is I work at Trader Joe's. And every year around January 1st, they have to sit down and they have to look back from the previous year and they have to see, well, gee, how much cold produce did we order? How much cold produce and produce did we order from January 1st to, say, January 8th or 9th? And they have to reorder that amount because of all the people that come in and they make their New Year's resolution and they decide they're going to eat salads for a week or so. And then that drops off and disappears and their resolutions are never to be thought of again until the next year. That's not what we're doing here. It requires diligence. It requires consistent effort to liberate ourselves from the fear and control consciousness. It requires consistent effort to maintain a vibration and a level of conscious awareness that allows us to start to co-create with the consciousness of love and truth. That's not going to happen by doing these mantras for eight days and then turning around and going back to whatever we were doing. If you've hit a bottom with your trauma avatar, if you've hit a bottom with spiritual, with the lack of spiritual love and truth in your life, if you've hit a bottom with that void of completion within you, that void of incompletion within, if you've hit a, a bottom with vibrating in that fear and control consciousness and being locked into these predictable patterns that define your trauma avatar, there is a way out. There is an answer, but it requires you to do the work and it requires you to show up and do these mantras as prescribed for the allotted time that they're prescribed. I've been doing them now for close to four years and they're bearing fruit in every aspect of my life. It's absolutely profound. But in the beginning, I felt quite weird and kind of uh, uncomfortable um, saying these words out loud even. It's going to feel weird to say these things and you're going to want to you're going to want to uh judge yourself, condemn yourself, silence yourself, mute yourself, um dismiss the whole thing, say it's not going to work, be a naysayer. All these things are going to come up because you are using your voice. You are using your logos and you are inaugurating possibility into your life that flies in the face and is directly and diametrically opposed to your trauma avatar and opposed to that consciousness of fear and control that you've been locked into and is so familiar yet so unfulfilling. So you're, you, the only way to liberate yourself is to speak this new thing into existence by using your words. Or if for some reason you're, you, you are not able to speak, you have something going on with your throat, uh, you live in a situation where it's impossible for you to speak those words, you can also write them. But it's highly encouraged to go somewhere in private and say these things because each one of these – 
Each one of these mantras, each word in the mantra has a vibration. And when we say the vibration out loud and we transmit that vibration into the ether, into the ethereal spiritual universe, we are changing our auric field. We are changing our vibrational field that's around us. And we are magnetizing to us new possibilities, new opportunities that, uh, that mirror our, our desired possibilities that we're bringing into existence. Okay? So it's, it's important to maintain your practice. So, all right. And I'm just going to wrap this up because this is a lot of intense um, stuff. So next week what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through cultivating new habit patterns and I'm going to share my experience. But today I want to relay the possibility mantras for this particular habit pattern of creating insecure and unhealthy attachments. And so um, it goes like this. Possibility mantra number 10. I accept the possibility of cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy connections. I accept that cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy connections is now possible for me. I accept that I can now cultivate and sustain secure and healthy connections. I just love to create secure and healthy connections rather than creating insecure and unhealthy attachments. So each one of those is going to be said three times. So you're going to say, I accept the possibility of cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy connections. And you're going to wait five seconds at least between each one. Imagine it's kind of like a ripple going across the lake. So what you've just said is a vibrational frequency. It's, it's a thought. It's, it's a possibility in the form of a affirmation that's rippling across the ethers in the spiritual uh, universe. So you want to let that ripple go all the way out as far as it can go before we drop the next pebble of possibility into the water and allow those ripples to go out. So I suggest in between each line, you wait at least five to as many as 20 seconds to really let that possibility transmit externally through the ethers and to also allow that possibility to fully be uh, absorbed and assimilated into the unconscious because those thought impressions need to fully be uh, received by the unconscious for us to become a consciously aligned character that is connected to spiritual love and truth. So let's do it real quick. I accept the possibility of cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy bonds. I accept the possibility of cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy bonds. I accept the possibility of cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy bonds. I accept that cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy bonds is now possible for me. I accept that cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy bonds 
is now possible for me. I accept that cultivating and sustaining secure and healthy bonds is now possible for me. I accept that I can now cultivate and sustain secure and healthy bond to connect, for secure and healthy connections. I accept that I can now cultivate and sustain secure and healthy connections. I accept that I can now cultivate and sustain secure and healthy connections. And this last part is the contrasting uh, mantra. So it's basically contrasting the way we were to the way, the way that we desire to become. So we're always in a state of becoming. Or shall I say, our character is always in a state of becoming. The me aspect of us, not the I, the authentic all-seeing I, we were born that way and that's you know more locked into our spiritual um, consciousness. But that part of us that's the me, that part of us that can select and choose that part of us is always in a state of becoming. And so what we're staying with this last line is, I just love creating secure and healthy connections rather than creating insecure and unhealthy attachments. I just love to create insecure, I just love to create secure and healthy connections rather than creating insecure and unhealthy attachments. I just love to create secure and healthy connections rather than creating insecure and unhealthy attachments. And so that's, that's it. So you say those just like that. And you can be doing some stretching exercises while you're doing it. It's also really helpful to grab some um, free weights, some little dumbbells, 5, 10, 15 pounders, and be doing bilateral stimulation where you're actually moving your body um, while you're, um, you're exercising your body, you're active, you're activating those patterns in a, in a, in a more profound way when you also utilize physical activity too. So, or be stretching or, um, be doing bilateral eye stimulation where you're actually taking a finger and you're moving it back and forth in front of your eyes and your eyes following the finger as you're saying these possible possibility mantras. All of these tools are tools that I've used and found benefit in getting those thought impressions into the unconscious to start to raise my vibration above the trauma avatar. All right, you guys. So that's it. Next week we are going to – we are going to – actually take an in-depth look at building new habit patterns and we're going to go through there's 10 there's nine steps that we suggest when you're building your new habit patterns and so um, we'll take a look at those and dive into my experience with the possibility mantras but for now thank you so much for taking an hour out of your life to familiarize yourself with the way the conscious creator process and um Yeah, that's it.
uh, try to live in spiritual love and truth and not fear and control between now and our next, uh, our next uh, time together. Cheers.